0: Welcome back to the Darting Through the Faith podcast. I'm Father Sean Wilson, and with me is Julia Monin, who needs a second.
1: I did need a second. Sorry.
0: sorry. You are not sorry Ah, for yeah. That. I didn't mean to. Do, uh, okay. You I totally meant totally to do that. You totally did
1: that on purpose. Sorry. My Bible does not have these fancy tabs, like, you mm. know, you can buy to put in your Bibles. Yeah. Did is that you? a hint?
0: Do you want a parishioner to buy you some tabs?
1: Yes. And then said parishioner to actually put them in for me. Oh. You know.
0: You know, I'll do it.
1: You'll do it? Yeah. Oh, you just got excited about that.
0: I, I tabbed my Bible. Had a lot of fun. <laughs> Except I realized I messed up.
1: Right? Oh, oh. Yeah. Did you work the kinks out? I don't want you tabbing my Bible if you're messing well, up. Well,
0: I I basically what happens is I wanna I want redemption. Oh. Because what happened when I tabbed my Bible in two separate places, I accidentally tabbed two pages. Right, so it, you like tape the the tab has little sticky parts, but I instead of just tabbing the single page, I tab two pages, mm-hmm. and then you, there's there's words in between that you can't get to, mm-hmm. so then you have to like cut it, and you got to kind of like jimmy it. What, so what I want
1: in there. I need to see what's on redemption. that page. Redemption. Uh, yeah. Okay, man. I'll give you a. I'll give you that opportunity. Um, I have given up on finding where this is. So I'm. What are you going, looking for? I am looking for uh, Philippians.
0: Uh, It's pronounced Filipinos. (laughs) I know.
1: I knew you were gonna say that, so I had to really think about it. Yeah, because I was gonna say it wrong. It's in the New Testament. I know it is, but where is it nestled between? Ephesians. Right, eleven thirty-eight. It's on page eleven thirty-eight. My mom one
0: time taught me a song about remembering the New Testament. I think I I don't remember the whole thing. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Acts, and Romans, one and two Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians. And then Philippians. I don't know where it goes from there. Oh, yeah. can
1: you, Mama Wilson, are you listening to she this? Is. She is. Can she you does. please tell us where this came from and where we can find it so that we can all learn this?
0: I I love my mom dearly. I bet she made that up. Really? I bet she did. That, and it's catchy. It's all um, the better. Yeah.
1: Okay, Mama <gasps> Wilson, if you're still listening, yep. can you please record this for us? Send it to whoever. I guarantee
0: you she's already singing it right yes. now. Like as she's listening, she's already and then, probably disappointed in me that I don't yes, remember Yes, absolutely. It. She's disappointed and in you. But she probably remembers all the time. No. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. That was a mean joke. That's I'm, not true. Yeah, that's what, that's what my mom always says. Continual source of disappointment.
1: She doesn't say that. I love you, mom. You know what else your mom doesn't say? Uh, Drive fast and take chances. She that, does not say that.
0: She does say that. Mom. No. Mom. She, Whenever I leave, what do you tell me? As I'm going by, you say, bye, Sean. I love you. Drive fast. Take chances.
1: She doesn't say that. But you told me she said that once. And darn it, I believed you. Oh, what man. is wrong with me? That's on me. That's right. not That's not on Mom Wilson. That's not on you. That's totally on me. And I. she doesn't say that, does she? No mom would say that to their son as they're getting on the road. Yeah. She doesn't say that to you. But you like to pretend that she does. So
0: I've said that so many times mm-hmm. that uh one time we were here in the, the parish offices and i was telling somebody about how maybe it was grace i don't know she was within earshot i believe about how i always my mom always tells me that and this person i was talking to so I, no that's not true i was like watch i'll prove it so i mm-hmm. called my mom put it on speakerphone and my mom answered right <clears throat> and i said mom it's so good to hear from you how you doing oh i love you so much sean <laughs> and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "Mom, what is that thing? I do not tell you drive fast and take." Change. I didn't even get the words didn't, out of my mouth, and right, she knew it. And right, she was just right, absolutely putting right, the putting the brakes on that one, right, right, which was hilarious. Right. I mean, I couldn't have asked for anything more. Fun.
1: Right, perfect. Just yeah. that was like a softball slow pitch, and she just knocked it out of she the park. She did. You could she not did. have played that better. So again, though, she is still singing the song and the New Testament song mm-hmm. that. We are all dying to know the end of. Can you give it like just one more effort? Maybe it'll come to you this time. Mm-mm. No?
0: I, I don't think it's going to help. <clears throat>
1: that's disappointing. Matthew,
0: Mark, Luke and John, Acts and Romans, one and two, Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I'm getting dying. stuck on Philippians.
1: Okay. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. she'll maybe, maybe fill in the blanks for us. Oh, I'm sure she will. Okay. Yeah. Do I might your have brothers to call it, know the song too.
0: I'm sure they've heard it. I don't. They might know more than me. They might mm. know less than me. They might just <laughs> remember it vaguely.
1: Sure. Sure. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, this just this just just went better than any of us could have ever planned because we're going to get to learn a new song. You're going to put tabs on my Bible for me mm-hmm. so we don't mm-hmm. run into this embarrassment. All because you init- you purposely started this episode when I said I wasn't ready.
0: Look so. how the Lord can make. Right straight with our crooked lines, Julia. That's right. Case in point, my life.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And mine too. Amen?
0: Amen. Let's pray. How about that? In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Mm. Heavenly Father, we ask that you may send forth your Holy Spirit upon us, that you may guide us in all things. We pray for uh, those who are listening to this podcast. We pray for our entire church, our parishes, especially as we approach Holy Week we ask all of this through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen.
1: Amen. Holy oh. week. We're so close to holy week. Oh. We are. Oh, so good. It's the
0: most wonderful time of the year. It really is. There'll be crosses for bearing and scourging at pillars and Nothing. blood, sweat, and tears.
1: <gasps> oh, he found it. Yeah, it works. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. I like that. Oh, well, My to- mom
0: must have taught me how to come up with, make, make up songs. Yeah.
1: Well, um, it comes from somewhere. It, it, yeah. Apparently. Yeah. Well, today we are not talking about Holy Week per se, but paragraphs mm-hmm. 897 to 913 titled The Laity. Mm-hmm. The Laity. The lay
0: faithful. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: So where are we in the catechism?
0: Uh, we're in the part on the church. So I believe in the Holy Catholic and Apostolic Church. So we're we're basically talking about the, the church. Mm-hmm. And so there was already the part on the hierarchy and the bishop's priests and their teaching office and all of that. Mm -hmm. And then after this is the section on consecrated life, which we already talked about. So this is kind of going to round out this section on the church here um, are the different hierarchical constitutions of the church Mm -hmm. with the laity, the lay faithful.
1: Right. Which most, I'd venture to say most of our listeners would fall into this category.
0: I would guess all of them. (laughs) Yeah. Although there might be a priest or religious somewhere that Mm -hmm. stumbles upon us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. Right. So, okay, 897. So what do we mean by laity? That's what this first paragraph is. It's just going to define this for us. The term laity is... Who dad? (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly what it says, who dat, laity, yeah. who dat, D-A-T, question mark. And right. then it goes on and then it to goes say, on to define it. the term laity is here understood to mean all the faithful except those in holy orders and those who belong to a religious state approved by the church. That is, the faithful who by baptism are incorporated into Christ and integrated into the people of God are made sharers in their particular way in the priestly, prophetic, and kingly office of Christ and have their own part to play in the mission of the whole Christian people in the church and in the world.
0: Right. So it's basically everybody who's not a priest or member of <laughs> the religious life mm-hmm. Um and, but the, and what this section is going to do is define what that role is, mm-hmm. which is a unique role in the church, right? So we want to get away from any extremes of uh, the lady, you know, there's this old kind of thing. Well, it's just pray, pay, and obey, right? That's all it is. Pray, pay, you know, donate, and obey whatever the church says. Like, that's all it is. Oh. That's one extreme. Mm-hmm. And then the other extreme Maybe, well, they're basically supposed to be little mini priests running around everywhere. Mm. And that's what this section is. No, there's a very distinct role. It's not to become priests or to be like priests or religious or anything like that. But there's a very distinct role that the laity has and an absolutely um, important role Mm -hmm. that the laity has in the church. So. Mm What is it? Sure, stay tuned to find out.
1: All right, so that's what we are getting into today. Then there's a couple paragraphs on the vocation of lay people, um, and then it breaks this down. What we just talked about in this opening paragraph, this mm-hmm. this distinct role in this participation in Christ's priestly office, prophetic office, and kingly office. Those are the last mm-hmm. three sections, okay. which mirrors right like
0: the priest's role as priest, prophet, and king. Also, mm-hmm. right to teach, to sanctify, and to govern. So, mm-hmm. and we sure. talked about that, you know, when we were talking about the um, the priesthood. Sure.
1: Okay, so paragraphs 898 to 900 are in a section called just the vocation, the vocation of lay people. By reason of their special vocation, it belongs to the laity to seek the kingdom of God by engaging in temporal affairs and directing them according to God's will. It pertains to them in a special way, so to illuminate and order all temporal things with which they are closely associated, that these may always be affected and grow according to Christ, and may be to the glory of the Creator and Redeemer.
0: That's beautiful. So yeah. the role of the laity is so that all of creation, all of our activity may be illuminated and ordered towards Christ, Mm -hmm. right? That doesn't mean like the church is going to take over everything, but the order that we see in Christ in the, so that means like the light of Christ should touch all of these places. And so that means like everything has a, every aspect of life can be touched by the gospel, can be illuminated by Jesus Christ, who's the light of the world. Mm -hmm. And it's the responsibility of the laity to do that.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: That's a big old task.
1: It really, really is. I think like reading this, um, really hit home with that. I think oftentimes like that one extreme of, you know, just pray and let everybody, let the, let the priest and the religious do what's really most important for the Mm -hmm. church is kind of an extreme that we can, a temptation maybe we can buy into, but you read this and you think, oh no, this is incredibly important work, Mm -hmm. um, to be, to be the leaven in the world, right? right? To be out into the world and to be that leaven. Yeah. Christ light and And presence.
0: You see, like that is, I, I can't do that. Right, mm-hmm. I cannot be in the workplace and illuminate it with the gospel. I can show up mm-hmm. and you know talk to you know a group of coworkers that want to have a Bible study or something like that. But the day to day life to be illuminated by the gospel, only the people who are there can do that. Which make means our laity is on the front lines, mm-hmm. and which means their role is just so important to bring the gospel to every field of human activity. Right. So right. Mm. And if I guess before we get too far. There is a, uh, there's a, a document, so the church had a synod, a gathering of all the bishops in the world and important people in the church on the laity in the 1980s. And after the synod, a document came out um, that was kind of John Paul II, what he did you know, with any synod. He basically took the recommendations, the thoughts, the reflections of the group, and then formalized them in a document. And that document is entitled, uh, it's basically in Latin, it's the lay faithful. Christ's lay faithful, mm-hmm. Christi Fidelius Laici. And uh, John Paul II's biographer, George Weigel, who wrote like just massive volumes and did probably more research than anybody in the world about John Paul II, said uh, that this is like a theological time bomb waiting to go off. That if the church could ever really understand and embrace this vision for the lay laity, it will revolutionize the church's activity in the world. Mm-hmm. And, um, so, we're, so John Paul II, a lot of <clears throat> that is informing these sections on the catechism. So if you want more, read the document, Christi Fidelis Laici. It's, it's mm-hmm. a, it's a real fist pumper. Mm-hmm. It's good.
1: Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Wow. By the way, you can find like these documents. Yeah. On the Vatican's website. Oh yeah. yeah these,
0: if you like hard copies though, you can get little cheap ones for mm-hmm. 10 bucks or something oh, like sure, that.
1: Sure, sure. Yeah. Right. Okay. Good, good, good. Okay. Um, The initiative of lay Christians is necessary, especially when the matter involves discovering or inventing the means for permeating social, political, and economic realities within the demands of Christian doctrine and life. Okay. And then, like as you mentioned, lay believers are in the front line of church life. That makes sense, okay? We're out being that leaven in the world. Um, And then paragraph 900, "...since like all the faithful lay Christians are entrusted by God with the apostolate by virtue of their baptism and confirmation..." They have the right and duty individually or grouped in associations to work so that the divine message of salvation may be known and accepted by all men throughout the earth. This duty is more pressing when it is only through them that men can hear the gospel and know Christ. I'll pause there for a second before I read that last sentence. But so, like, if a, is that saying, like, if a priest isn't available, like, let's say you're in like a rural area where you don't have access to that on a regular basis like we do here in this country like all the more important it is for the lay faithful to be bringing the gospel into the world
0: uh no i think it's probably even more practical than that where um somebody i'm never gonna encounter Mm -hmm. um but like your neighbors so to speak who never go to mass who never go to church who maybe have never heard the gospel before Mm -hmm. like the only people that's going to reach them is their neighbors, is their Christians that they're, the Catholics that they're with on a day to day basis. So it's not just some far off place. Think about how many people don't go to Mass in, in the area that we live in. Mm-hmm. And whether that means they go to a different church, whether they are, you know, atheistic, whether they're fallen away Catholics, like I, I can't reach them. Mm-hmm. I'm just not close enough to their day to day life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that So basically, what that means, it's, This duty is the more pressing when it is only through them that men can hear the gospel and know Christ. Mm. It's only through those people that people can, you know, through you, Mm
1: -hmm. that people
0: can hear the message of the gospel. Mm -hmm. I can't reach them. Mm -hmm. I mean, I could put a podcast out here, but nobody's going to hear that except Mm -hmm. those people who are already engaged. Mm
1: -hmm. So... Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Right. Their activity in ecclesial communities is so necessary that for the most part, the apostolate of the pastors cannot be fully effective without it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. There's a uh, there's a talk on confirmation, maybe this is going to get too far, that Father Mike Schmitz gave, that got recorded on one of those lighthouse discs, mm-hmm. and he ends it with just this, incredible story about this community in maine that um was right on the coast i believe it's maine it's somewhere in new england but i'm pretty sure it's maine this community on the coast that started a a volunteer rescue uh group so that if a boat capsized the the citizens would go out and uh and would be part of the rescue you know they'd be part of the rescue mission and uh and gradually like the um the rescuing became so technical it became um, it became so just kind of like bureaucratic, right? You had to have so much training. You got to keep your licenses up. Your boats had to be registered in all these sort of ways that it became professionalized, right? So the rescuers were those who were professionals. They had professional groups. And then when the professionals were a part of it, well, then if they were going to go out to, to rescue somebody, at some point the, the professional organization would say it's too dangerous for us to put a risk to go rescue this boat that's been capsized because the waters are too rough. When there were volunteers, that never happened. So like the professionals can only get so far when it's the volunteers and he tells it so dramatically and it's beautiful about like we must go out to rescue and who can do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, You might say, well, it's father's job or it's the DRE's job or somebody that works at the parish. But it's like, oh, no, only you are able to go out and participate in this rescue mission. Mm -hmm. So, yeah.
1: Hmm. Front lines. Mm, that's so good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. When well, we, we said this, like, this will really open your eyes to the importance of, of being this leaven in the world. Okay. And then we break this down into the three categories, right? The, mm-hmm. the priestly office, the prophetic office, the kingly office, right? Which we all enter into by virtue of our baptism. Right? True that. Um, So, paragraph 901 Hence, the laity dedicated as they are to Christ and anointed by the Holy Spirit are marvelously called and prepared so that even richer fruits of the Spirit may be produced in them. For all their works, prayers, and apostolic undertakings, family and married life, daily work, relaxation of mind and body, if they are accomplished in the Spirit, indeed, even the hardships of life, if patiently borne, All these become spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. and the celebration of the Eucharist, these may most fittingly be offered to the Father along with the body of the Lord. And so worshiping everywhere by their holy actions, the laity consecrate the world itself to God, everywhere offering worship by the holiness of their lives.
0: It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. So the priest, the office, what is the role of the priest in any like just kind of generic sense is to offer sacrifice, right? Mm-hmm. The role of a priest is to offer a sacrifice. And so the, the people's role, right? The common priesthood, and we've talked about this in other podcasts, mm-hmm. is, is to offer every aspect of their life to Christ. So mm-hmm. the role of the common priesthood of all of the laity is to offer their lives, and it goes through all the lists, mm-hmm. right? Their works, their prayers, their apostolic undertakings, family, married life, daily work, relaxation of the mind and body, to offer that all to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And that's the first that's and that's the first one listed out of anything, any role that people have is to offer it to the mm-hmm. Lord as priests. So mm-hmm. um and in that way they're offering all of creation, offering all of the world to the Father through the Son. Yeah. So that's that's beautiful.
1: Mm-hmm. Consecrating the world itself to God by offering mm-hmm. all of this. Because we're out in the world, mm-hmm. being this presence, being this leaven, and we're offering that back to God. It's just a beautiful reality.
0: It is. And yeah. Wow. Think about all the different things. You know, and that's in some ways what how you prepare for mass, right? Like how do you or even during the offertory at of mass, right? Think for all those who are sitting in the pew to think about what you need to offer. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a struggle at work, maybe it's a friend who's sick, maybe it's, you know, uh, your cousin who's struggling raising her kids, like to offer mm-hmm. everything or even things that we're grateful for to the Lord and mm-hmm. That's, you know, what we do. We kind of gather up that offering beforehand so that, you know, as the priest is offering the body of Christ, we can offer our lives to the Lord Mm -hmm. and all of our desires and wants and Mm -hmm. causes for thanksgiving. Mm
1: -hmm. This section then wraps up in the next two paragraphs talking about parents, um, and then the lay people who possess required qual- uh, qualities can be admitted permanently to certain ministries. So, first 902 in a very special way, parents share in the office of sanctifying by leading a conjugal life in the Christian spirit and by seeing to the Christian education of their children. So, parents share in this office. Mm-hmm. And then um, lay people they actually lead
0: that office, mm-hmm. right? They're the primary educators in the faith of their children. Mm-hmm. So
1: I think we talked about that not too long ago, didn't we? The the duties the duties of parents and children. That's
0: right. Yeah, it was literally <laughs> last week. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't too long ago. I feel
1: like we just this was to about. Yeah, anyway. I heard that somewhere. You anyway. know, my husband used an analogy. I thought it was really great. Maybe he heard it from somebody else. But he we were talking about that very fact, and he's like, "Yeah, you got to bake the cake at home." And the catechism that you know, the formal catechism at the church is. Where you put the icing on it, but you got to do. Mm. You got to. You got to bake the cake. You got to bake the cake at home. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, I thought that was good. Um, so lay people who possess the required qualities can be admitted permanently to the ministries of lector and acolyte um, when the necessity of the church warrants it, and when ministers are lacking, lay persons, even if they are not lectors or acolytes, am I saying that right? Yep. Can also supply for certain. Um, can also supply for certain of their offices, namely to exercise the ministry of the word, to preside over liturgical prayers, to confer baptism, and to distribute Holy Communion in accord with the prescriptions of the law.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. So when there's insufficient ministers and a general pastoral necessity, Mm -hmm. you know.
1: Mm -hmm. Lay people can serve in these roles. Right. Right. Okay. Um, The next couple paragraphs in are participation in Christ's prophetic office. So you gave us a really quick summary of that, like priest's prophetic... Yeah, Kingly. What did you say there?
0: Uh, So, priest is offering a sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Prophetic is with the word teaching, Mm -hmm. right? And then govern king is like governing, ordering. Okay.
1: Yep. Mm -hmm. Christ fulfills this prophetic office not only by the hierarchy, but also by the laity. He accordingly both establishes them as witnesses and provides them with the sense of faith and the grace of the word. To teach in order to lead others to the faith is the task of every preacher and each believer.
0: Right. So part of this, like, sense of the faithful. And there's a story that when uh, Pope Pius XII was discerning whether or not now was the right time in 1950 to declare the dogma of the Assumption of Mary, Mm -hmm. that he wrote to the bishops of the world and asked them, amongst other things maybe, but do your people believe this? Right. So part of it was like, because it's just formally declaring what is already been revealed, right? It's not a new dogma. It's just formally declaring that we've always believed this. So he's asking, do people believe this, right? What's the sense of the faithful, the census fide? Mm -hmm. And even you see this in a certain sense with like devotion to divine mercy. The divine mercy Sunday is not, I mean, John Paul II was a big fan and, but it seems like the devotion to divine mercy has come up so organically that people's devotion to the mercy of our Lord and whether it's, you know, going to confession on that day or offering or praying the divine mercy. Chapel, like you can see the sense of the faithful that it just makes sense to them, right? Mm-hmm. It, um, It's not really like taking a poll of, well, what do you think about the church's teachings on marriage? It's not that. It's like, what is the sense of how the people are organically living the faith, right? And those who are actively engaged in the faith, what are their thoughts about it? Because mm-hmm. they're the ones wrestling with this. It's not like a poll of those who are on the outsides of the faith, mm-hmm. given a, a, a popularity opinion of church teaching. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, just a nice little reference there to the sense of the faithful.
1: Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. Wow. That was, like, that was more than I bargained for with that, and that was really great insight. Thank you. Hey, praise the Lord. Yeah, um, Lay people also fulfill their prophetic mission by evangelization, that is the proclamation of Christ by word and the testimony of life. For lay people, this evangelization acquires a special property and peculiar efficacy because it is accomplished in the ordinary circumstances of the world. I love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: You think about it, like somebody given their testimony of how the mm-hmm. Lord has changed their life to a co-worker mm-hmm. versus them listening to me at Sunday Mass. Is like there's mm-hmm. a particular efficacy mm-hmm. because of how, because of the ordinariness of that. If it's mm-hmm. like somebody you know and it's not like, oh, father up there, you know, of course he's going to say that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, my neighbor who I never knew has had a life transformation has had his life transformed by the mm-hmm. eucharist or by mm-hmm. the sacraments like there's there's power there. A mm-hmm. whole lot of power.
1: Of course, yeah. Yeah.
0: When peace would would you say when somebody reveals their journey? There's power.
1: I would say there's a lot of power in revealing your journey. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for the plug in. Yeah,
0: you got it. Journeys revealed ministries.
1: <laughs> Glorify the Lord by your life.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this episode is not, not there's sp- no paid subs- there's sponsorship. Not. Just There's not. Um, so, for those friendship. of you, honestly,
1: though, since you plug that so beautifully, that's the apostolate that I am a part of, that, yeah. I, that I help oversee. So, check out journeysrevealed.com dot com if you want to learn more Perfect. about we're helping people reveal the stories of their souls
0: and glorify God by their and life. Glorify
1: their God by their life. That's right. Okay. Um, lay people are who are capable and trained may also collaborate in catechetical formation and teaching and sacred sciences and in the use of communications media. Yeah. Like, people can do these things. What are you doing
0: right now? Yeah. In the use of communications media and to collaborate in catechetical formation. Right. It's an important Mm. word for my brother priests out there, not that any of them listen, but uh, (laughs) to collaborate in catechetical formation, right? We can't, like, completely punt on catechetical formation, you know? So often, like... Uh, the formation that happens, you know, CCD program, RCA, It there's so much that we can easily just say, okay, so-and-so has that. But mm-hmm. that's also part of our particular office as as priests is to, mm-hmm. to teach. Mm-hmm. So, so there's got to be a co- collaboration in there. Right. Yeah. Right. Teaching the sacred sciences, teaching theology, teaching philosophy, mm-hmm. church history.
1: Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Um, and then, in accord with the knowledge, competence, and preeminence which they possess, lay people have the right, and even at times a duty, to manifest to the sacred pastors their opinion on matters which pertain to the good of the church. And they have a right to make their opinion known to the other faithful, to the other Christian faithful, with due regard to the integrity of faith and morals, and reverence toward their pastors and with consideration for the common good and dignity of persons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So
0: we're, we're talking about the responsibility of the faithful, especially those with particular competence, mm-hmm. to with the responsibility and sometimes the duty to make mm-hmm. that known. Mm-hmm. So one of the ways you could see this is before the... Um, before Pope Paul VI wrote *Humane Vitae, which was the church's instruction, the d- definitive word in 1968 about um, contraception and the fact that contraception is illicit, right? Mm. Um, so what John Paul II did when he was the Archbishop of Krakow, Second Vatican Council didn't touch this. So like, we need to think more about this before we're going to come out. And so he's like, all right, I think we should too. And so he gathered a group of of like um, OBGs of doctors of philosophers of theologians to discuss it in his archdiocese of Krakow. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so that, that, I mean, that was the responsibility of those who are competent informed by the theology of the church to make their opinion known. Mm -hmm. And you see that worked out so beautifully because when the Paul, the six did the same thing for the church and they recommended, and then they published their recommendation that the church should change her teaching. Paul, the six listened and said, you know, okay, he's the supreme pastor of the church. He's the teacher. And he said, no, I'm not going to take your recommendation. Mm -hmm. The story goes, who knows if this is true or not, that, uh, Cardinal Karol Wojtyła had a, had a voice to say about this. And when, you know, he wasn't allowed to be part of that group because the communists wouldn't let him leave Poland enough to, to be part of the group that, but that he made it known the, uh, his groups, their reflections. And, Mm -hmm. um, Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's that's like one of those ways this, this happened, right? It doesn't mean like, hey, we all voted and we don't like, you know, the church is teaching on contraception or marriage or mm-hmm. the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist, mm-hmm. so we should change this. It's like, that's not what it's saying. It's like when there's legitimate debate um, to make it known, but also with due reverence to say, but okay, but you are the supreme pontiff, right? Mm-hmm. You're in charge of the doctrine of faith and morals. Mm-hmm. So,
1: does this yeah. apply to like a much, 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 much smaller scale level and like our local parishes, you know, like, um, like with all the changes that happen in, in parish life over and over mm-hmm. with like, um, you know, like when you hold open forums or things like that, sure. like to have like a, 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 duty or a right, is that like, cause we're being asked to like give our opinions, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, with due reverence yeah, and respect just, and yeah, dignity do- of persons and all of that. Right. Right.
0: Yeah reverence towards their pastors with consideration for the common good and the dignity of persons. Mm -hmm. So you got to keep all those things in mind. Mm -hmm. And I think there is a a duty and a right. And there's even particular mechanisms to receive that. So Mm -hmm. like the pastoral council is supposed to, that is like the institutionalized mechanism to receive that that feedback. Mm -hmm. So, you Mm -hmm. know, it doesn't, as I reread it, it doesn't limit it to teaching on faith and morals. So Mm -hmm. I guess the general governance, right? Like that would actually probably most of the things you're describing there of like the day-to-day life of the church and parishes, that's not going to fall under the teaching office, but it's going to fall under the governance, right? And so maybe just hold that thought until we get to the part on governance. All
1: right, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then that is in these last few paragraphs here, beginning with 908, the participation of the lay people in Christ's kingly office. By his obedience unto death, Christ communicated to his disciples the gift of royal freedom so that they might, by the self-abnegation of a holy life, overcome the reign of sin in themselves. That's meaty, and I love it. Yeah. Ah. Like,
0: here's the role of the king. Mm-hmm. He dies. Yep. And there's freedom in that death. Royal freedom. Royal freedom.
1: Ah. And then that self-abnegation of yeah. the holy life. Can you, can you define that for us?
0: basically like a self surrender of the denial of your of mm-hmm. yourself in in entrusting in himself into the father's hands.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That word comes up in John of the Cross's yeah. writings a lot abnegation that total gift of self that yeah, anyway that stripping of all. That's beautiful. Okay, so we participate in this Christ kingly office. <laughs> right,
0: and his kingly office is not him like doing whatever he wants and like struggling. It's actually like the wrestling with the father's will and surrendering himself because his, his, his throne is the cross. Yeah. Right. And so that's where the King rules is from the cross, but it's not ruling with an iron fist and bossing people around. Mm -hmm. It's ruling by offering his life.
1: The freedom is in the surrender. Mm -hmm. You know, your freedom is there in that, in that surrender. Uh, um, I'm going to save that paragraph and maybe end with that. There's a beautiful little commentary there by St. Ambrose, but it, it's mm. it's so good.
0: Old honey tongue, huh? Oh, yeah? Is it's that his Ambrose, nickname? Yeah. Or that's what Ambrose, Ambrose is, means? I think it's honey, yeah. Really? Yeah. Pff,
1: learned me something today. Yeah. Learned me lots of things on this podcast. But, okay, moreover, by uniting... we'll learn
0: your proper grammar.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Never. Nine. <laughs> um, moreover, by uniting their forces, let the laity... <laughs> Sorry, I don't like it's not like I'm an author or anything. I don't need to know proper grammar. Yeah. Sorry, I'm continuing. Moreover, by uniting their forces, let the laity so remedy the institutions and conditions of the world when the latter are in an inducement to sin, that these may be conformed to the norms of justice, favoring rather than hindering the practice of virtue. By so doing they will impregnate culture and human works with a moral value. What are we saying here? So
0: human institutions to make them more just. Mm -hmm. So that's part of like the governing is uh, the rule of somebody in charge of government is justice, right? Mm -hmm. Justice to benefit the common good. Mm -hmm. So when the ladies see human institutions that are not oriented towards justice, that could be more fair, that don't help build up virtue, but rather encourage vice Mm -hmm. part of their responsibility to do something about it. Mm -hmm. Right. So you see like, um, yeah, Mm -hmm. and all the different ways that could show up, right? Like if it's, um, you know, if basically if it's to throw away any integrity you have to get a promotion at work and you're the boss and you realize like, wow, this is just a doggy dog sort of world. Your responsibility is to, um, let the light of Christ come in to that place so that justice, fairness, equity can be, um, -hmm. can be present, right? Mm -hmm. If the only kid on the soccer team is the one who gets to pay the most money, that's not fair, right? Like mm-hmm. if your parents buy you par- spots on traveling soccer teams. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just an example. I but, don't know if that's true or not, but
1: but it goes back to that, like being that leaven in the world and consecrating mm-hmm. the whole everything to right. to God the Father by by us being out in this world and to sh- let that light shine mm-hmm. through that truth that right yeah okay even
0: we got a lot of great prisoners that participate in local government whether mm. it's they're on city councils or whether they're mayors or whether they you know or just the county auditor not mm. just but mm. those are important roles to allow justice to allow fairness to to echo and to serve all the citizens and if you see particular aspects of that life that is not fair well mm. it's part of your responsibility and duty to order that towards justice mm-hmm. if you know it's it's easier to get ahead by you know taking bribes. It's like, whoa, Mm. let's reorient that. What Mm. stop, what measures can we put in place to uh, make society more just? So Mm. kudos to all of those in our parishes that serve in local government. That. Mm. a great thing
1: yes it is the laity can also feel called or be in fact called to cooperate with their pastors in the service of the ecclesial community for the sake of its growth and life this can be done through the exercise of different kinds of ministries according to the grace and charisms which the lord has been pleased to bestow on them Mm -hmm.
0: right so there's all different ways that the laity can i guess i would say like more formally participate in Mm -hmm. the life of the church Um, and it's always in cooperation with, with their pastors. So you Mm -hmm. think about like somebody who, um, who's works at our parishes, right? In some ways, um, they participate vicariously like a vicar For me, right? So they participate because I give I I give them a share in a particular sphere of parish life, Mm -hmm. and that they participate. So they collaborate with their Mm -hmm. with their pastors. Now that doesn't have to mean everything happens through the parish or through the diocese. That there are um, you know apostolates that can pop up, Mm -hmm. um, and uh, but normally you collaborate and at least kind of like a permission from the from the bishop from the diocese or at least just a heads up of this is what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Help me to make sure we're not doing anything crazy. Amen. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Amen to that. Um, in the church, lay members of the Christian faithful can cooperate in the exercise of this power of governance in accord with the norm of the law. And so the church provides for their presence at particular councils, diocesan synods, pastoral councils, the exercise of pastoral care of a parish, collaboration in finance committees and participation in ecclesiastical tribunals, etc.
0: Right. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what we Mm -hmm. mentioned before, even so participating in the governance of the church, of the ordering of things in the church. So all the different things that get listed there.
1: Yep.
0: Yeah. Which are really important. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And it should never like competition can so easily get in. And, um, even in our own mindset, it's been so imbued with this kind of like power politics of like, who's in charge, who's, who's running what. And like, it's never the way the church views things, right? The church never views things as like, who's got the power, right? But that's a view that we take for politics, right? It's, uh, who's in power, who's the, who's getting, you know, whatever, foisted upon by the power. But Mm -hmm. the vision we always look towards is Christ with his apostles, right? That he collaborates with the apostles. He sends them out as his emissaries. And there's this collaboration even between the apostles and apostolic activity. There's challenge, there's debates, there's, but so that's always the vision of the church is to look towards Christ, not to look towards, you know, political philosophy, although it can be helpful to kind of get a a handle on things. It's always to look to Christ and his, his model of governance. Mm
1: -hmm hmm Well so. said. Um, 9.12 reads, The faithful should distinguish carefully between the rights and the duties which they have as belonging to the church and those which fall to them as members of the human society. They will strive to unite the two harm- harmoniously, remembering that in every temporal affair they are to be guided by a Christian conscience since no human activity, even the temporal order, can be withdrawn from God's dominion.
0: So distinct, Mm -hmm. what's part of the church, what's part of secular activity, but Mm -hmm. interrelated. Mm -hmm. And nothing is truly like, so this absolute separation of church and state to say that there's nothing of faith life that can interact with our everyday life. The church says, no, 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 you know, because it has to permeate every aspect of our life because we're human beings. And Mm -hmm. if we start separating things, you know, um, absolutely, we're going to, we're going to separate ourselves, right? We're mm-hmm. going to begin wearing different masks in different places. Mm-hmm. So there is a distinction, but not an absolute separation between church and state, between you know, faith and secular life, sure. so between the church and temporal power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Thus every person through these gifts given to him is at once the witness and the living instrument of the mission of the church itself, according to the measure of Christ's bestowal. Every person, through these gifts given to him, is at once the witness and the living instrument of the mission of the church itself. Right. Mm -hmm. Wow,
0: it's a nice little uh, summary right Mm -hmm. there.
1: Mm -hmm. This is how did you word that in the beginning? Um, Did you say just a unique mission? I forget how you worded that, but particular um, mission, right? Distinct and um, so important,
0: right? Can't be replaced. Right, the role of the laity cannot be replaced by anything else. Right, I can't replace it. Uh, religious sisters can't replace it. Mm-hmm. Right, like it, it's particular to the laity.
1: Mm-hmm. Hmm. Was there somebody in like modern times that said like the church will be rebuilt or reinvigorated through the laity or what was that? Did I read that? Don't know. Okay. Yeah. Not it's through the
0: through Christ. Yeah, right?
1: Right. 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 But the lady has a role to play. Oh, I think yeah. that's the point of this and this. Like we can't. Like you said, you can't as a pastor, you can't just punt everything away. There's, there's same with us. We can't Mm -hmm. just say, well, that's your job because you're the priest. I got other stuff to do over here, so you just take care of that, and uh, I'll be over here. And
0: I think it's so (laughs) important to know, like, this is my responsibility. Mm -hmm. This is yours. This is how we're interrelated. Mm -hmm. You do your thing. Per, as, as best as you can I'll mm. do my thing as best mm-hmm. as you can and we'll collaborate in mm-hmm. ways that are authentic mm-hmm. so it's not like I'm gonna be I need to be more like you and mm-hmm. you need to be more like me it's like mm-hmm. no 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 we've got our own we've got our own particular mission our own vocation mm-hmm. and they're they're mutually um enriching mm-hmm. but uh but they're, they can't be swapped
1: sure thing yeah yeah and there's freedom in that reality too oh yeah not knowing what that is having a clear identity of who you are and what you're called to do and then living that. There's there's freedom in that. Oh, yeah.
0: There's sure. joy. Oh, my gosh. This is, yeah. this is my identity.
1: Mm, so good. Great. Anything else with the laity? I don't think so. Oh, uh, well, fun announcement for the people, the good people listening is we're going to throw two darts this episode. Because, that's a fun
0: announcement, Yeah,
1: huh? that's fun for them. It's fun for me to watch you throw a dart and miss. I don't know if it's fun for them or not, but we're going to record... Um, Two episodes next Monday. They'll still release to you one one after the week, but we're going to take Easter Monday off in recording. So anyway, we're going to record two. By the way, if you want to read the in brief paragraphs for the section we just covered, you want to look at paragraphs 940, 941, 942, and 943. That's where you'll get a summary of everything we discussed today. Nice. All right, where are we going next I week? I have no clue. All right. You
0: know, you got anything you're really thinking is going to be nope. smashing?
1: Nope.
0: Mm. Been there, done that. Oh, yep. Oh, is there anything particularly Holy Weekish?
1: That's what you were like, oh. Yeah, Holy oh. Week. Sorry, I'm looking
0: for Holy Week. What's,
1: <laughs> what's looking
0: like Holy Week? <laughs> I feel like we've done a lot of uh a lot of the the ones about Jesus, right? <sighs>
1: Jesus is buried and descends into hell.
0: Oh Can you see
1: that? Six two four, like bottom right corner, right above the sacraments.
0: Oh, yeah, that would be a great one. The heroine of hell. Do it. Oh, oh. got the sacraments in general. That'll okay. be fun. That'll be good. Let's see if we can get the one right above it. <laughs> that was good. Oh, confirmation. It's history and the right. Okay. So, first, next week, we're going to 11 13 through 11 30. That's the sacraments. And then the following week, so Easter week, uh, 1285 to 1301, the history of confirmation and the rite of confirmation.
1: Okay. Come both. holy
0: goals. <laughs> those are going
1: to be uh, uh, good. Okay. And then as promised, I'm going to close with this just this, these beautiful word.
0: sweet honey-filled line,
1: Ambrose. Uh, yes, Honey. from St. Ambrose. Right. Okay. That man is rightly called a king who makes his own body an obedient subject and by governing himself with suitable rigor, refuses to let his passions breed rebellion in his soul. For he exercises a kind of royal power over himself. And because he knows how to rule his own person as king, so too does he sit as its judge. He will not let himself be imprisoned by sin, or thrown headlong into wickedness.